0: Draft Bastards Welcome to Draft Bastards, a podcast that features four brothers consuming and reviewing craft and microbrews in the New England area, all while discussing the topic of the day. This episode, the suds of choice, come from Batson River Brewing out of Kennebunk, Maine and will join us as we ramble about Warner Brothers latest cinematic casualty Godzilla vs Kong Let's get ready to bumble It's time for the show
1: get it all. <laughs> What is this, bonjour, guten tag, Wow! welcome
0: to episode 9 of Draft Bastards. My name is Jay O'Neill and I'll be your moderator with me again on my bro host, I got Mikey. Hello. I got Baru. Hello there. And I got Kev. What up? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How you doing, bro? Good, good. good. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm happy we'll be drinking uh, some beer today mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about some monster MMA. <laughs> Kev made a trip up to Kenny Bunk. Sure did to Batson River Brewing for this episode. So Kev, tell us a little Ooh, bit Kev, about this Kev. place. How about Batson River oh. Brewing. Uh, first off, Shows. that was a drive. <laughs> it's Not that bad. <laughs>
1: not that bad. No, it's like an hour, hour ten. Well, it's pretty, pretty bad that you know your your secondary objective was. Yeah. So can we uh, talk about that really quick. We can
0: talk about this really quick. Got so it. I had, They, deserve, I had they deserve whatever we're about to say. I had an, an ulterior motive, motive to uh, check out this brewery. In that, a brisk six minute six minute walk away was a little place called Mekong 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 Mekong, Mekong Thai food yeah, Mekong that thai. these three assholes have been talking up for twenty years <laughs> best and have never once brought me some pad Thai best that's true not once not well, for nothing I don't think I've been there in twenty years they've yeah. they've even brought it home brought extra. <laughs> And only told me about it after they ate the leftovers. Uh, hey, fuck yeah. you, guy! <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you want some? Let's so get get so, your own. It's up the road. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was very excited to try some beers and throw some pad thai on top of it, True. only to find out that they closed at eight o'clock.
1: Yeah, but you called them before quarter of because your message came in at quarter of, so you were already pissed off at it. Yeah, by seven forty five. Yes. Mekong, that's a shitty business model. Someone calls you a quarter of you. Make the man some Pad Thai, for Christ's sakes. Fire up that grill. Get her done. <laughs> Co- considering
0: I was one of maybe 20 people in the entire town of Kennebunk. Uh, oh, my God. I thought maybe. God. Anyways. Yep. And then his other mission was to uh, get Mikey some beer that he wanted. And that place closed yep. at six. Uh, yep. Some Bissell Brothers. Get some Bissell Brothers. All mm-hmm. I want
1: is substance. substance. Hey, all
0: I wanted was some Pad Thai. So, you know what? Neither of us got what we wanted.
1: Well, what did you get? Well, I'm glad you didn't fail at getting the beer, at least.
0: Well, at least I got the beer. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to start this round off with a pilsner called the Pearl Street. I love pilsners. So what was this place like? What was the vibe? Uh, vibe was uh, very seaside. Mm-hmm. Oh, original. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, had uh, outdoor seating. They had these sure. neat little uh, ice fishing sheds where you could call in advance and reserve a spot and oh that's cool eat outside in the dead of winter because they're heated all right so i thought that was a nice little touch mm-hmm. uh, sure cool thing about Batson river brewing as well uh dogs are allowed love mm-hmm. it on and inside you just can't bring them in the ice sheds okay and uh, i asked them about the whole dog logo that is the centerpiece of their design and uh part of it is they make huge donations to the animal welfare society in Kennebunk, Maine. I love that. No kill shelter. No, that's mm -hmm. cool. That tries to find a home for everything that's brought in. All right. Good on them.
1: They love dogs.
0: Can they make beer?
1: The caveman inside me hates the uh description on this can. What is it? But just because I said that I'm sure it's going to be delicious dried flowers light body mildly bitter complex yeast influence malt finish like just i read that i want to throw it over my shoulder but i'm gonna drink it anyway (laughs) yeah no flowers are good (laughs) i'm kidding i say it in just all right all right settle down Mm, malty. i'm the rude guy these guys are nice this is a pilsner you said yes sir it does smell malty it's been a minute
0: since we had a pilsner clear light smells like it's gonna be a sweet one see those flowers smells like Michelob okay I see the bitterness mm-hmm. it is malty I was gonna say I don't I wouldn't call that a malt finish I would say that's a malt forward
1: yeah yeah see and remember how was like it's probably gonna be incredible once I shit talk it and it it actually is it's very good good job brew. thanks that's <laughs> yeah, pretty yummy All Right. never judge a beer by its can I'm getting the uh flowers now That's funny. On the second tip, I was like, oh, that's dandelions. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Delicious. Yeah, it's quite good. All right. It's not as light. It's not actually as light as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's by no no means heavy, but for Pilsner, it's got some actually pretty good body. Crisp and solid. It's a beer. Yeah. No, it's good probably the maltiest pills now I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But given some of the stuff we've been drinking, I am open to new things and creative recipes. Yeah, this is good. Doing the show has made me more more open because we sit yeah. here and we just kind of, you know, we drink whatever one of us buys and I have uh just kind of jump in, you know. But it's it's awesome yeah, yeah. because most of it's been really good. I would say 90 percent of all the beers we've tried have been good. There's only been like one or two we're like, eh.
0: Yeah. And we were probably super hungover. Yeah, and they were probably sours. <laughs> right. Or or drunk by the time. Sours aren't to for it, everybody.
1: So, yeah. So Great. what wait, else was going wait. on?
0: Thank you. There it is. Jesus. <laughs> There's way to say it. Jesus I, I don't
1: mean to hold you up, but what the hell's going on around here? <laughs> I know right. it's cloudy out, but Jesus, let's get this uh, thing going.
0: Well. On. All right. Well, we all had to
1: rewatch Godzilla versus Kong. We Price. sure did. I tried it. That did movie's you it? that movie's been on in my house twice, and I, I feel like I've seen all I needed to see, but I really haven't watched it. <laughs> I um on my rewatch this morning, I fast forward through a lot of the
0: inconsequential human plot. Uh, hey, spoilers, hey. spoilers ahead. Oh, hey, I, I did that the first time I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, hey, hey, hey. So, real, really quick. Uh, I, I like monster movies. I'm assuming these guys like monster movies, but of course, Kev is actually a Godzilla connoisseur. Right. freakishly freakishly okay
1: did you just fall in love with the 1954 movie and just have had like a vindictive uh hate mission against every godzilla movie that's come out since that is eerily accurate i know mm. <laughs> that that's that's not inaccurate yeah I've, there I've basically uh, has not been one good godzilla movie that's come out well here's the thing
0: that first godzilla movie that was a serious movie and after that, I mean remember all the stuff in the 70s and 80s that they made and I it love was like that shit. Channel fifty six. Uh, those are the people, the people that love those, that's who this movie is that's for. That's the crowd they're aiming. They're they're looking for Godzilla doing kung fu. Yeah. Or um Mecha Godzilla doing a rocket boost assisted Superman punch. <laughs> Visually stunning. Sure. I love the fight scenes. Uh, <laughs> after rewatching again, I was um I was hard on it. I didn't like it. I texted you guys. I'm like, this is a steam and pile of crap. Yeah. I watched it again with low expectations, and I'm like, yeah. this is really great CGI. It really was fantastic <laughs> CGI. great CGI. They. I was at first upset that they pushed so much character development onto the monsters, because I was always of the mind, like, the monsters don't care about the people on the ground. They're doing their thing, and right. humans yeah. mean less than nothing to them. Yeah. I kind of liked King Kong by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. This movie did not sell me on anything. I still think it's a steamy pile of crap. Thank you. I uh, if I, I I gave it a a point five out of five crushed beer cans just mm-hmm. because it's a movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But listen, <laughs> if you're looking for a movie
0: with big monsters. And big fights and big fucking robots. I don't know. I like Skull be-
1: Island because they kind of tied everything together. And the movie had its own kind of attitude and better CGI, in my opinion. But yep. I'm not a, I'm a very good judge of that. I could be completely wrong. Maybe my eyes just liked it better. But I didn't think even the CGI in, in this GVK movie was uh, very good either. It was too bright and just too computery. It was, it was trying way too
0: hard to look like Pacific Rim. Sure. Like down to the Which- point of matching like the color schemes that... <laughs> movies tend to lean towards depending yeah. on the genre or the time of or the time period you know the real reason that kevin is so angry at this movie is because the Ghidorah skull that they used it was kevin <laughs> it was kevin's skull it was kevin's skull oh. yeah. remember kevin the 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 kind of goofy... the ice licker yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so this was really it wasn't mecha godzilla it was uh mecha kevin <laughs> The, the Revenge of Mecca, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Mecca Kevin. It, so uh, Ghidorah had three heads. Yes. And there was one that was just kind of a, a, a Little dumb goofy. head. Oh, really? A goofy head. Has and, this
1: always been the case?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the internet dubbed him Kevin. It, the meme is that one of Ghidorah's heads is Kevin. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the, the, the heads' names were Itch, Knee, and Kevin. <laughs> Amazing. wow so
1: oh my god that's so incredible no wonder you're so upset
0: (laughs) well that's why i was upset at the last movie (laughs) (laughs) oh man well now you have a new reason to be upset at this movie
1: (laughs) that is amazing oh that's so funny
0: they clearly picked the more docile of the three heads and said it was the only one one that had left the rest of them got obliterated because in the previous one i believe kevin's head was cut off it was, and then it grew back. And then it grew back, but the one that fell on the ground, that's probably the one that they use because all the other heads got incinerated. Yeah. But at, at the end of the last movie, they showed, what's his face? Tywin, uh, Charles Dance, mm-hmm. purchasing the recovered head. Yeah, of- mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. the Ghidorah. initial one that got cut off. That was so, the one that got ripped off. In, in essence, that Mecha Godzilla suit is actually technically haunted by Kevin. the ghost of Ghidorah, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they were going for, how the thing took over. At the end. As so, soon as it received the the power emailed it power signature. Yeah, something, something. I don't know. I they were it was able really... to email a power source in that movie. I think it was like emailing more like emailing a formula. The thing that gets me with this movie especially was um I understand you need suspension of disbelief yes. in these monster movies. Yeah. Suspension of disbelief still has to make sense within the context of of the universe that we're looking at. And when you start a Godzilla versus Kong fight underwater in the middle of the ocean, that fight should immediately be over. That should have been the end of the movie right there. And he was drugged, and he was drugged, and he was chained somehow. They didn't I show like that, that scene. scene where they had him jump onto the battleship. He went from his freight carrier and he jumped over to the battleship to protect all the people on his carrier because he saw Godzilla was coming back. Mm. When he stands completely on the, he's standing the, ship on the, the air middle. carrier or a battleship, whatever it was. <laughs> He looked like he was on a paddleboard. Yeah. And then him, and Godzilla got up and they were both fighting on a fucking paddleboard. <laughs> that, that, that boat oh was God. suddenly really
1: durable. Yep. I hate everything you guys are saying right now. You gotta He's tur- drowning King
0: Kong. Oh. What do we do? <clears throat> uh uh Depth charges. Those work, right?
1: Yeah. No. But apparently they do in this scene. Nothing in this movie works. I think I might have noticed the underwater scene and the Kong being chained on the ship. I mean, I was doing other stuff when I had this movie on and like, I had no emotional reaction to it i'm just like this doesn't make any sense at all in any way and there's nothing going on with the human cast or well, the rest bobby of the movie brown's to make it like interesting
0: millie bobby brown's crew what impact did they uh, that, have that was no uh, that uh, was they, for people to go oh my god it's billy bobby brown yeah yeah That's they it. did nothing they yeah. really didn't they dumped uh, the alcohol or whatever the liquid that was end. The um, yeah, they probably helped Kong and Godzilla out by about one or two seconds. They, they just got. They basically Godzilla got Mechagodzilla to to crash for a second and kind of stutter. So it just bought them an extra couple of seconds, which did probably Makes not no have sense. any. Effect. It's um the kind of technology that they are having in this movie, as opposed to the grounded real world technology they had in that 2014 movie, mm-hmm. which I'd love to get into if we get there. Mm-hmm. The kind of technology they have in here, the containment facility giant shackles just for Kong that can apparently hold him. Godzilla shouldn't be a threat to these people. It seems like their technology has advanced to the point where they can handle something like Godzilla. Again, because that's, that's one thing I've come to understand is that the, the concept of Godzilla being a problem only works if you're displaying it in a in a time setting where the weapons aren't quite there yet. You need to turn off your brain. And enjoy this for the unapologetic Monster Smash City movie that it is. I, I, don't, you know, know. So I don't know. So, what was the actual plot? I feel they, like the issue is that, that you opened up this cork, all right? This is happening. The plot, <laughs> Jay, was um, when they were making the Mecha Godzilla, they basically reactivated Ghidorah. That was yes. a super evil man with, <gasps> his, uh, with his sipping scotch. Yep. Yes. Um, and Sarazawa's son. Evilly making a means to defend themselves against giant monsters what, they were what trying to take back the master. planet from the Titans instead of the like, okay, it's it's our turn. Like it's and they time like for people to be in charge of the planet, not Titans. <clears throat> they made him as hilariously God. evil as they could. It's yeah. like but, but still, what he's doing makes total sense. Ineffectual they had absolutely no security. None whatsoever. The the entire this movie would not have worked if even a shred of competent security was was in place. There was just a Scooby-Doo crew going around. (laughs) Scooby-Doo crew. We're we're going to find a little. He would have got away with it. It was those meddling kids. Anytime we were about, anytime we were about to have almost a cool scene, they cut away to with a dumb, annoying character doing something dumb and annoying. Yep. Anytime I was almost about to start enjoying myself. We got to cut away to see what this dumbass is up to. What Kev, dumb, what, what's a real Godzilla movie? Real Godzilla movie would be the black and white movie made in 1954. Okay. Yes, the effects are horribly outdated, comically outdated. It was 1954. Exactly. But I'm just saying, when people will look at it and go, oh, this is so silly, look at that rubber suit. It's like, okay. You, you ask me to turn off my brain to enjoy these movies. Now I ask you to turn on your brain, use a little fucking imagination, imagine how this is supposed to look, and apply the rest of this incredibly written movie to that imagination. Hell yeah. Where this thing <laughs> is a haunting allegory for the nuclear bomb, which is why he was made to look like a blackened radiation burn victim. Yep. Which is why there were thousands of corpses in his wake yep and not include not just the ones that got burned or crushed the ones that got radiation sickness that was another thing i was thinking when godzilla uh, blasted a hole down to hollow earth and all the people were down there at the bottom of his atomic breath like you guys all instantly have cancer the whole idea behind the hollow earth thing but by the way oh, you know, he blasted through a, a hollow earth big deal it's Blasted through an empty eggshell. Cool. Isn't it funny how it stopped when it hit the ground in the hollow earth instead of keep going? Though? sure is. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. They talk about how the, they try to set up the idea that the, all these giant monsters got that way by feeding off the radiation off the center of the earth. Yep. And all these people are down there like, you're, you're all... Without dead. radiation suits. You're all yep. dead. And every human in these movies should be deaf. Oh, yeah. Because they, every single scene... You need, for some reason, they need at least one character on the ground with no hearing protection at point blank range of one of these roars that should logically make their head explode. Yeah. Never mind, just rushing oh, their eardrums. Everyone if you're underwater. Be deaf, a sperm whale, its it clicks can give
1: you a concussion.
0: See, yep, like the, that strong. the Godzilla movie.
1: That. Some of these things that you're touching on. See, I would watch that Godzilla movie. I, I think I'm just so tired of the. I've lost track of how many they've tried to do Godzilla in the past. they tried to reinvent 10 him, yeah. 10 20 years and it's basically yeah. garbage every time but like you know you're talking about a monster roaring and the heads exploding you know people getting radiation from poison and, and dying just, from, from, be, just from, from being from being, half being a too mile close you know it would be kind of cool to see like a um like a hard r movie where yeah. it's basically just a wandering monster and a I look at, couple I'll, people who like figure out how to survive and like go make Godzilla hide somewhere with that they're yeah. not going to be or something Yeah, It needs to take place in a
0: time period where conventional weaponry could conceivably not be able to kill this thing. Reboot. And they (laughs) need to figure out something unorthodox and treat Godzilla like like the flash of a nuclear bomb. If you can see the flash, you're dead. If you can see Godzilla, if you're close enough to see him, you're dead. So I know one of the big questions everyone is having is uh, why do so many people like it? That's my question. That too. That I understand. It, one of oh, the big yeah. questions okay. that people have is where does the light source come from in Hollow Earth? Oh, yeah. It was like a beautiful summer day. Beautiful sure summer day. The big question I have, who made the throne room? Another monkeys. Uh, monkeys. monkeys were making throne rooms and the steps, Yeah, I would assume. Did you yeah. see the King Kong first found the axe? It was buried in the skull of potentially an older Godzilla. Sure. Much larger than mm-hmm. the godzilla we see yeah much 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 larger we know that king kong is pretty young sure we also know that godzilla is probably pretty ancient mm-hmm. so is king kong gonna keep growing why not I don't know. they said the habitat's getting too small for him the one that they were keeping him in the uh hunger games habitat yeah mm-hmm. yeah you yep. so, that thing that they're able to <laughs> the build truman show but the truman show one yeah they don't know how to take out a giant lizard very interesting. Yep. Also, was any of that sign language real? I don't know. No idea. I don't know. Okay. So the other differences between Kong and Godzilla, um, besides the age, is that Kong is obviously a social species with intelligence. We're discovering because he can speak sign language, knows how to reset a dislocated smile. shoulder, yeah, whatever. Can square up. Yep. yep, he can square up. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got good posture. <laughs> He can wield an axe. Wield an axe, yeah. Throw a spear. Yeah, probably obviously build an axe too. Yeah. But Godzilla is kind of solitary. Sure. Or is solitary. I know he had a bond with Mothra. Yeah. But that's about it. I have a bond with Mothra too. Sure. You sure do. You do. Jay, you should get a Mothra tattoo. No. Anyone know anything about the uh, director? No. Nope. I did a little bit, not too much looking into him, but Adam Wingard. What did he do? Death Note. Oh, the Netflix The live now the live action. Yeah, Ew. exactly. Uh, he did Blair Witch Part 2. Ew. Yeah. Ew. And his upcoming features has, this, he's doing Face Off Part 2. Wow. Oh. And live action Thundercats. Wow. So, no offense to the guy, but kind of unremarkable. Can, we, can I can want I to know up, about live action Thundercats, man. <laughs> Thundercats. Do you, though? Tune, yeah. in, tune in he, next time. He wants to see some uh, Chitara. <laughs> <laughs> some snarf. <here. laughs> snarf, snarf. Mm,
1: Chitara.
0: <laughs> Funny note about writing. So you remember that uh, travesty of a Godzilla movie from TriStar in 1998? Yeah, the Matthew Broderick one. Yep, with the iguana. So that. So that's when they turned him into a dinosaur. They said, yeah, Godzilla iguana. is not a kaiju, he's a dinosaur. And he was an iguana. All right.
1: Um, Wasn't there like little Godzillas running around? There in sure that were. Little because, gorillas, yeah. uh,
0: because Velociraptors from Jurassic Park were the big thing. And we got to put the Velociraptors in this movie.
1: Why would you do that?
0: Because this movie, uh, that movie was a last minute rewrite.
1: Oh.
0: Yep. There was, uh, before they brought in Roland Emmerich. Um, did I write down the first director's name? Probably not. I did not. But they had another director in place. He walked off the set for whatever reason. They brought in Roland Emmerich, and they tossed out the original script, redesigned Godzilla on the spot, probably why he looked so terrible too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all saw what happened there. That movie was so bad that Toho, the Japanese company that owns Godzilla, they were planning on taking a 10-year break between Godzilla movies, mm-hmm. starting on in 95 when they released... Godzilla vs. Destroyer where Godzilla died. Mm-hmm. and Spoilers. <laughs> and the plan was to treat it like the jump between the 70s and 80s where they'd take a 10-year break and then reintroduce Godzilla as, you know, a force of nature slash anti-hero. Mm-hmm. But the TriStar movie was so bad that they jumped ahead of schedule and instead of waiting for 2005 to start over, they started again in like 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just decanonize it. It's not a Godzilla <laughs> movie. It was a dinosaur
1: movie. Did you guys see Shin Godzilla? Did no. I liked it? I never saw it. Was that an animated one or no? no. Oh, I, I I don't recall. When did this come out? Three years, three years Something ago maybe. Like three, two or three years. Is ago. it a foreign film? Yeah. Oh, it's it's, good? Uh,
0: it's it's much closer to what I wanted out of a Godzilla movie. It's still got a little bit of a cringy human motive but uh
1: well it's really it's a very
0: retelling of the godzilla we know it's a very on the nose assessment on how the japanese government kind of stumbles over themselves when handling natural disasters this is right after the uh fukushima Fukushima incident yeah and it's it's actually hilarious at certain points where you just spend five minutes going from different locations just for people to say should we do it let me call this guy. Should we do it? Let me call this guy. Should we do it? Should we? Yes. Yeah. And you have the Go one young that that politician guy. Yes. that's that guy. always yes. right, but no one listens to him constantly. And, and like I said, that was like the cheesy part for me. Is was like, I was like, no, we need to take action now. We don't have time. This is the way it's always been done though. So yeah. we're going to keep doing it. But in this one, uh, Godzilla was more of a, more of an eldritch kind of creation. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Very, uh, Lovecraftian. where like it parts of them fall off, they like, they'll slowly start growing eyes and you gotta we talked about this movie? Yeah, that sounds cool.
1: I'll um, watch it,
0: we should. <laughs> yeah, this MonsterVerse is kind of having a, a DC moment right now, mm-hmm. where, remember when Man of Steel came out? Everyone was very hyped up, the trailers made it look awesome. Roughly half the audience walked out feeling a little disappointed. Yeah, And then by the time all the other DC movies came out, start to be like, yeah, looking back, Man of Steel wasn't that bad by comparison. Feel like that's what's happening now with twenty fourteen. Godzilla had this incredible advertising campaign where they were advertising that horror movie that we were talking about. Yep. And then and Godzilla then, was barely in it. And then it well, it, it wasn't about Godzilla at any point. Should have been called Mudo. It should have been called Mudo, and Godzilla shows up and saves the day because balance or something. Mm-hmm. Um you gotta have balance. Mm-hmm. But then looking at King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong, since then, like, you know, that, that, if I had to watch one of them again, I'd still watch that one. I enjoyed the four hours of Snyder Cut um, immensely. immensely. I enjoyed about three and a half hours of it. What didn't you like? Oh, you didn't like the everything? Future. Everything after the end of the final battle, I feel like could have been left out entirely. Can you guys tell me who Martian Manhunter is? He's uh, from Mars. I get that part. All right, so, I mean... Um, I, I talked to. Uh, he's um. He's right. the vision of that universe. He's yep. the moral okay. center, who's by not being human is above human corruption. Oh. So he's like he's he's the moral center of the Justice League. Okay, and on a strength level, from um, he's up there. He's Vision. He can phase through things. He can read minds. Also incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he can fly, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. And shapeshift. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, I thought that whole thermoscara sequence was flawless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely flawless. I like how she had to sacrifice all the Amazonians mm-hmm. in the uh, temple. Yeah. As opposed to the theatrical cut where just the door slammed shut. Yeah, that'll stop them. Did they indicate in the original movie how those boxes woke up? As, um, like they did? In the original movie, no. No. So it made sense. Snyder cut, it was Superman dying. It was that Superman woke dying. So the boxes up, that's fucking. <laughs> Still, uh, the, Cyborg's dad deep. woke up one of the boxes and but like artificially woke up one of the boxes and the thing was just like claimed us like, nope, Kryptonian, fuck that. We're staying and right they, here. They, they've implied that they've run into Kryptonians before and they know Kryptonians are a problem. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> I, say, uh, I, I like um, the comparison you and I made, Mikey, where like they're, they're the Asgardians of the DC universe. Yes. Oh. At least in the Snyder. At least in the Snyderverse. I dig it. How are we doing with our beers, guys? Finished. We're coming up on our half hour, and it's about time for our second beer Mm.
1: and for our second segment. Yeah, so if you are listening and you haven't seen Godzilla vs. Kong, my recommendation would be to not bother. I will give this movie two crushed beer cans for
0: Monster uh, (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu. As someone who still believes that a great Godzilla movie can be made. They don't have to be big and dumb. There can be a well-done, smart movie made with this. That being said, if you enjoyed the Godzilla movies from the Showa era, which were the, the fun, hokey ones where you'd see Godzilla doing a victory dance or he does a flying kick or he just straight up flies <laughs> by using his I just remembered Godzilla. breath. <laughs> Every used to blow yes. like smoke rings yeah. yes <laughs> so if you enjoyed those movies go see godzilla versus kong you will enjoy it because that you are the audience that the these movies are being made for now i respect you fuck you but i respect you i'm gonna give it <laughs> two and a half i'm gonna give it 2.5 because i really respect the hell out of those animators and they okay. deserve some credit all right well, on a final note though did you know that gorillas can't swim? They yes, sure can't, Mike. They sure can. <laughs> so, again, going back to my point of suspension of disbelief. Sick Only going so far, they started the fight underwater with a big gorilla that's not supposed to be able to swim against a giant lizard that has gills. Yep. And he got out of that twice. Yep. He got out of that situation twice. Like, no that doesn't make any sense <laughs> again just suspension of disbelief fine within the context of that universe
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. all
0: right let's get our second beer yep right. stop talking about your lizard monkeys the <laughs> what is your major malfunction boy because <clears throat> i love animals <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. We got our beer and now it's time for
1: and now for something completely different. This one sounds uh really really nice. Can we open this? Yeah, Test. what's so, the second uh, beer? Hold on, hold on. Yeah.
0: So, good. We're going to be drinking a guava IPA. This one is going to be a mystery because they did not have any on tap the night I went, but we're looking at a
1: 6.2 and go. Nope, I'm behind. Wait, with guava, citrus, and Ooh. hops. I've been so into juicy IPAs lately, so I am ready for this. Oh, it uh got a nice haze. Surprisingly, to it. yeah, like hazy, not not too not too like uh, thick and juicy like I expected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bet it's gonna have guava. Oh, smells amazing. Mm. Oh, I love IPA. I don't care what anybody says. I keep it's thinking it's i should like love something else because people are like oh you drink it's ipa Fuck you i love ipa no no I it's do my what favorite. i want <laughs> i do what i want holy shit that's a lot of glava that's awesome that is tropical mm. as fuck oh dude huh it it's the spot huh yep that's, that's some, good that's some good pool beer yeah it's got a really nice i want to say dry flavor but it's not that's not bad at all it's got this nice like i don't know it's got this nice long kind of dry flavor to it i can't it's hard to describe it's, it's a mouthfeel yeah it's yeah mouth, does this have the mosaic do we say mosaic yeah it does it says it right in the front <laughs> man the, this this one is excellent that, that this, is really good yeah. that is
0: um there's something there that i'm not it's a mosaic hops it's that mouthy cloud so remember okay. the uh, cloud candy yeah that was heavy in mosaic and it just. oh shit yeah
1: this is what I'm talking about. This I like is, it. This is real nice. Mm-hmm. This is really nice.
0: So this one is literally called Guava IPA. It's not just I do feel like guava. I'm drinking juice.
1: Whose idea was it to pull out these glasses? Jay. Nice easy. call, Jay. So we got yes. these nice, what do you call these? Tulips. 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 So bulb, you guys whatever. probably already know, and I'm sure a lot of our, but anyways, these, these are like designed to help you smell the beer as you sip mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is just brilliant. It's good stuff. Yeah. This is the kind of beer that just makes me happy. I'm like, yeah. yes, I'm going to sit here and just enjoy the shit out of this beer because th- right. this is what I like. Juicy, yeah. dry, hoppy, amazing. So, uh, Batson River, if you're listening, uh, the guava needs to be on tap. Yeah, that's a good one. Constantly. Dude, you, you ain't kidding. And, and, like, the the fruity IPAs, are, I feel like are kind of new to me. Like, I'm just starting to explore that, like, on purpose. I got to rate this
0: beer on untapped. I like it that much.
1: Oh, man, it's really good. Yeah. Nice body to it great flavor 6.2 percent so it's not like you know that's not that's not too heavy that's a respectable yeah
0: oh yeah that's about that's
1: about right for a good idea oops this just woke me right up fantastic good because we're gonna do our music segment
0: and here we go so (coughs) once again each of us sent the other an album for the purpose of review this week we're starting off with mikey as we Me. go around the horn we're okay. starting off with mikey okay start right. off with kev yep, yep, last yep. time kevin's the anchor this time mikey's the point man all right we should take this in consideration moving forward if you know that you're going to be the point man or the anchor i i, I knew i was the anchor i just misunderstood what say it again had. but slower. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Write it no. down with a crayon <laughs> rewind it later make the right. r, make the r backwards <laughs> so we don't get confused yep so mikey what album did you pick mike Exodus, Exodus by Bob Marley and the Wailers. Let me get my little book for my notes. Yep. And why did we pick Exodus? I'm trying to stick with the theme of picking culturally important and/or influential music. I love this. All right. And this one definitely belongs in that category. So Bob Marley, you know, obviously we know Bob Marley for his reggae, his laid back attitude, but this album came out in 1977. Is this before or after he was shot? This was after okay Mm. he was shot on december 3rd 1976 two days before the uh smile jamaica concert where he was supposed to play one song yeah all right um i don't know if you guys know the story behind the assassination but there there was a far left and a far right party yeah in jamaica and it was a tumultuous time it was a heated election there was you know politics 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 and marley was seen as supporting the Democratic Socialist Party, the People's National Party versus the right side, which was the Jamaican Labor Party. The assassination attempt was on December 3rd. Yeah, We don't know who tried to assassinate him though. Sure. Okay, So it could have been the People's National Party trying to turn him into a martyr. It could have been the Jamaican Labor Party trying to stop him from supporting because he did have a lot of sway. He was, you know, Jamaica's son, or could it have could have been the CIA because the CIA really didn't like politically progressive music. After the attempt, he played the concert. Hell yeah, he played the concert. And instead of playing one song, he played 90 Minutes. He Dude, got, he was shot twice, and he played a 90-minute concert two Hell days yeah, after. he did. Mm-hmm. And then he had to leave Jamaica for fear of his life. He went to England, I think. And the 1977 album Exodus was his response to an assassination attempt to his friends, his wife, and himself being shot in his album that just preaches love, togetherness, white politics, sex. I I love how powerful that statement is. Yep. You know, uh, especially when uh, the song I picked, go ahead and play the clip. Sure. This is uh, Mikey's clip for Punky Reggae Party. Punky Reggae Party from Exodus. It takes a joyful song. So this album, this song was not on the original Exodus album. It was added later Mm -hmm. to a deluxe edition, but this song was recorded in 1977. It's blues, it's funk, it's reggae, it's rock, it's soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bob always brings me back to... Their early 90s hanging with my friends you know yeah <laughs> for sure yep. so, yeah yeah smoking stuff after school yep i mean it, i i i loved this stuff it, you know it it is good pot smoking music but it's more than just pot smoking music folks. oh hell yeah oh, oh yeah no, so much there's more. a vibe this guy had a, a story it's this is house guy. cleaning music too it really is It, really it really is, really is house cleaning music <laughs> uh one more thing though uh when the people who tried to assassinate bob Maui were caught and tried and executed yeah uh one of the guys he did confess that it was the cia they paid us with uh coke and guns wow but
1: um that was his confession yep so i'm i'm someone who's all truth be told never really been into reggae and not for lack of trying sometimes i think you know talk one of the best things about talking about music is hearing a perspective on the music itself or like mikey just showed us uh, the history behind it and the story behind it and that just totally adds a whole new level of of badassness and, and realness frankly mm-hmm. for me that allowed me to kind of listen to this record and and uh take it in with uh, a different set of feelings than you know just putting reggae on yeah which um like i said is one of the best things about talking about music so uh, officially now, uh Exodus by Bob Marley is my favorite reggae record. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the guy, the, yeah. you know, as One someone love who, was on this album, you know,
0: Three Little Birds was mm-hmm. on this album. That's how you respond to getting fucking shot mm-hmm. twice and your wife yeah. getting shot in the head. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. The, the the that's guy, your response. The guy got shot multiple times, puts on a 90 minute concert about peace
1: and love. That's metal
0: as fuck. That's strength. It really That's is. strength beyond totally strength. Yeah,
1: no question about it. There's no question about mm-hmm. the, that, that man's human yeah. strength. I, I'll, I'll forever think about him differently. And uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I didn't know this already, that whole story, because I, I read just a couple of books on rock and roll history, and I don't really remember much being in there about Bob oh, Marley, unfortunately. Yeah. No shame. He's kind <clears throat> of
0: important. Powerful album. Powerful Very. message. Like, really gives me a lot of feels when I hear it and I think about his life at the time and everything he was going through. Excellent choice. Excellent choice, Mikey. Good stuff. Baru, you chose to bring me back to 2000.
1: Was it 2000? I think this one actually came out. It was 1998.
0: I heard it in 2000.
1: Right, okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us about your choice for... So I chose uh, an album by the band called uh, Cryptopsy. Mm -hmm. If you're into metal, you have definitely heard this name and definitely heard this band than one of the more prominent death metal acts they drumming yeah I mean probably one of the best percussionists yeah. I've ever heard so that that's really a huge thing for this band uh there's there's only one Flo uh Flo Monnier that's the drummer's name these guys are from Canada I believe I want to say Quebec no 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 I don't know Quebec or Montreal I'm sorry guys I can't remember which enormous ridiculous influence on me as a drummer uh, growing up back in the day, uh, I remember when this album came out. I was waiting very impatiently for New Cryptopsy because <laughs> I was a huge, huge fan of None so Vile, still am to this day. I was gonna say I'm <clears throat> really surprised you didn't pick None so Vile if you were gonna pick a Cryptopsy album. Truth be told, I picked this one to talk about the frontman. If you know the band, or if you don't, whatever. uh so Vile is still considered in many circles to be a classic of sorts. It blended a few different styles and it had, a, it had a certain feel to it that other death metal didn't have. Whereas a lot of technical death metal, especially back in the 90s, was good. You know, it was rigid. You know, it was square and very um, metronomic, It was very blocky. These guys were loose. There was a very, there was an Real element bouncy. of it bouncy. It was very grindy. I mean, yeah. flows, blast beats are so fast. Very it's moshy. Very moshy, especially in sylvile I was listening to this. I, I think they only got less moshy after that record. But I mean, you know, vile is a standout, and there's a reason why people go back to it, and it's still very good. It's hard to recreate that, and I'm glad they never really tried. Yeah, but they've always, the band has always succeeded in keeping a lot of elements from that album while getting, frankly, more intense and more technical as time goes on. Anyways, back to my point. Um, after vile Lord Worm, the singer on that album, is gone, and they have a new frontman and a shitload of new ambition. New frontman's name is uh, Mike Desalvo. He has more of like a hardcore kind of yell to his vocals instead of like Mm -hmm. the traditional death metal sound. Uh, Why don't we go ahead and listen to this uh, clip? Sure. This is White Worms. (laughs) White Worms.
0: Oh, yeah. There is only one <laughs> is direction this? to move when you're listening <laughs> to that song. Like it's like I'm just picturing being on stage and mm-hmm. looking out and having the whole place just like that's exactly dude, how it was. so good. <laughs> you know? So was, was this uh, before or after Mashuga?
1: Uh, during, during, during. Yeah. Mashuga actually started making albums in like '88, dude. Oh, yeah. So when this came out, it was brand new. I was going to shows. I had friends with cars and things. I was pretty young, and we'd get around. We we went out to what uh. Springfield or maybe West Springfield or something. We used to go to a club called The Infinity. It was about a two-hour drive from a And we saw Cryptopsy and Nile play there together twice, I believe. So this album was uh, brand new. And we went out to see them. And we would I was i was just floored. I was just floored, blown away. And I'm just like, you know, it was one of these like, this is what I must do type moments. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Mike uh, DeSalvo, uh, who's originally from Boston, I believe. No shot. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it added uh, this whole kind of like new street vibe to the band uh, that I I really loved. I think there was another one by the band Satyricon called Rebel Extravaganza that was really unique. I, I, I want to say that came out in 99 or 2000, but that was, you know, unrelated. But it's a band from Norway, highly influential uh, black metal band came out with this album that was just so street. Like there's pictures of them in like an alleyway. You know, with, like, the coarse paint and, like, it had, like, all types of electronic samples and, like, really, really mm. raw hmm. guitar tone and stuff. Anyway, so, it was like, you know, it's something that I think extreme metal doesn't do enough, frankly, is kind of add, like, this, like, street attitude to the whole package mm. So anyways, I, I thought it was really cool. You know, like the band photo has like an Umbro shirt and like Adidas like jogging pants. <laughs> like they just stand on street corners, hit up old ladies for change. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it, it was cool. Uh, they played with like Converge and stuff. And, uh, you know, Mike would always get up on stage. And I remember him saying this numerous times. And I thought it was just perfect. And people needed to hear it and understand it back then. It was just like, look, we're all here having a good time. Metal and hardcore go together. We are one. Okay, we're on the same playing field and we're going to hang out and we're going to bust up the stage together, motherfuckers. You all better fucking show some respect. Especially the way Cryptopsy does it, absolutely. Yeah, are you kidding? Yeah, so I mean, I actually went back and read some reviews on this one and uh, people were uh, really mixed up about loving it and hating it. I think that one of the things I love about this one is the kind of youthful energy. There's an overflowing intensity to the playing. There are parts of the record... That kind of fall apart with speed and noise, and I love it. It's just like we don't know what to do. with them. going so fast and so intense. I imagine them like falling over with like adrenaline because it's just like, oh my god, what did we just do?
0: I noticed that on a, a few songs, <coughs> like because I, I, you know, this was a re-listen for me. It's been mm-hmm. a hot minute, and yeah. like I'm listening to some of the tone. I'm like, this is static. It, yeah. But if you turn it up yeah, all the way, right, right, right. right. it it comes more defined I listen to it organized organized chaos yeah you can't listen to this at a low volume you gotta crank it uh it's for certain songs anyway I
1: I love that Jay because and that's true for a lot of these dense blast beating records uh Mm -hmm. it's not just stuff you put on while you're dusting your bookshelves and shit like you gotta turn it up and like I mean you do some aggressive bookshelf dusting sure (laughs) you know but this was bookshelf
0: demolishing this was an amazing mm-hmm. listen. This was, uh, yeah. for me, it was a very, I, I enjoyed the fuck out of it.
1: Yeah. I picked you it. Know. Um, I was pretty sure, uh, we all liked it. You know, I just kind of wanted to give a shout out to Mike. He's a, he's a beer connoisseur as well. No shit. And, uh, you know, we kind of started interacting a little bit on, on Facebook. So if you're listening, with that, Mike, thanks for being awesome. Hey, and, uh, thank you. Hope you like Mike. the show. Yeah. So he was on this album and the one after it, and then you'll beg, which was definitely sharper. Uh, just as fast and aggressive but sharper and then the band had a long troubled time after that and have come around uh full force and i listened to all of their albums since 2012 and they all rip uh flow is still the best in the game and basically the whole band is new they have a new singer bassist and guitarist and i've seen that lineup play live and they are fucking unstoppable so, yeah, one of my favorite bands, despite uh, the trouble they had at a certain point in their career that I, we shouldn't get into. Sure. Roger that. Um, yeah, excellent stuff. And if you're listening and you never heard Cryptopsy and you're a drummer, then shame on you. Yeah, you, know, uh, you do Get on life. it now. He's really kind of one of the guys that I think probably a lot of drummers, uh, you know, measure themselves to or should. His creativity and his just natural ability is just un- unmatched, really, in my opinion. Well, I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's 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 all I got, really. I mean, I could right. keep going, but no, we, no, no. we got two more albums to do. Yes, we do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll we'll get to me then, and we'll slow it down. I can't a wait to bit. hear what clip you picked. All right. Well, <laughs> I love this, by the way. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. It love... is not nearly smoky enough in here to move on to Jay's out. Yeah, let me let's <laughs> get, get start it a doing bit doing more some smoky. Let me get some uh, whiskey out here. So I chose uh, Tom Waits' uh, Blood Money, but literally I could have chose any Tom Waits album. This you know, was a good one, same.
1: though. I just want to say real quick, because yeah. I was laughing listening to this, because yeah. the, on this whole album, he's doing your impersonation of Tom Waits, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's fucking glorious. It's fucking glorious. I've I've loved Tom Waits for years and years now, and... Uh, I've only he has so many albums and I've only heard yeah. a good handful of them, maybe two sure. handfuls. Sure. And I don't think I ever really listened to this one, but boy, did I have a good time yeah, listening say, to this one. Some
0: wait picturing Rolf from the Muppets on yes. like a real downward spiral. <laughs> That's funny you say that so. because when I listen to this album, I also pictured Muppets like in a gulag <laughs> yeah, in like the God. worst <laughs> bar in a gulag. And like it's just Full of assassins, and creeps, and workers. Yes, yes. Uh, Tom Waits for me has always been, um, if you want to sing like Tom Waits, you need to smoke two packs of Marlboros and drink a fifth of whiskey
1: in Raising about for breakfast. 10 minutes.
0: And eat a cigar. And you, they, there you go. You got yourself Tom Waits' voice. So I'm just going to dive right into my clip here and then we can chat about some Tom Waits here. So this is God's away on business. Yes. Yeah. Oh, lame, the blind
1: that we kept in charge. Killers, thieves, and lawyers. God's so quick. God's so quick. God's so quick. A business. Business. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so good, man. So good. I fucking love this guy. Uh,
0: so I, I, I chose Tom Waits because... He's so fringe. He's, He's so, so fringe. On the fringe. And entertaining and it, it, easy to listen to. Yeah. Um, I mean, you do have to be in a mood. This isn't something that you would Oh, this will put your... you in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're not cleaning your house to Tom Waits. You're not headbanging to Tom Waits. But when you put on Tom Waits, yeah, you know, you do get in a mood. Uh, candles are lit oh. and uh, drugs are consumed. Things, yeah, drugs are consumed <laughs> yeah. and and
1: and drinks are drank. No, you're pushing the cockroaches off your bed and exactly re- reading next to the neon light that's coming in from across the street.
0: <laughs> Fluckering. Yeah. Uh, it, it is such a, a vibing feel. Yeah. And really, you can pick up any record and listen to Tom when Waits I, and get into that feel. When I
1: put Tom Waits on, I want to throw all the furniture out of my house and sleep on the floor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds he's, too the, he's the musical equivalent of uh, Charles Bukowski. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh oh, I, I, I love it. But it really, any any record is fine. Uh, Blood Money, um, I, I, I picked at random. I, I I love all of his stuff. It's not something that's on constant autoplay, but when it's on, baby, it's on. So that's all I got with Tom Waits. But you, did you guys like literally like listen to it? Like the whole thing? Often. You, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kidding? you kidding? Often. Oh, I all listened right. to it, yeah. yeah. And, and I was,
1: yeah, literally ear ear smile the whole time, driving in my truck. <laughs> 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 the world. That's a good one. That's a
0: really good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you guys remember uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs*? Tom Waite was oh, the prospector. Yeah. He's an amazing right. actor. He is. Yeah, that was incredible. That was my favorite skit. Yeah. No Easily. doubt. Yeah. Easily.
1: No doubt. Yeah. Very very good stuff.
0: He was yeah. also in *Dracula*. Bram Stoker's *Dracula*. Yes, he was. Who was he? Yeah. He was. Um, he was the insane guy. Who was Jonathan Harker? Who was he uh, replacing? Renfield. Yeah. He played Renfield. Okay, Master, oh. I've got to fly, Master. Yeah, oh, or whatever. He, he just wandered on set and <laughs> ate a fly. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, shit! Now I have to keep this in. Dude. <laughs> I'll shorten it, you know. Yeah. All um, right, awesome. Let's get on to Kevin's choice, the anchor, the man. All right,
1: I gotta say, good, good picks this week.
0: Yeah, right, guys, good picks. So, uh, Kev. I went with the 1986 Iron Maiden album, Somewhere in Time. Yeah, woo, yeah which is sure not my favorite Iron Maiden album, but I recognize it as perhaps the most important Iron Maiden album. Certainly, one of the most important albums in
1: metal altogether. It is highly influential. Is it? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. You might. I don't. I. I honestly don't know. I. I. My general consensus is that it's not most iron maiden fans favorite album but it is my favorite it's um for sure mostly because of the sci-fi aesthetic but go ahead sorry it's more of the more of the genres
0: that were inspired by iron maiden as a whole and i, I, the, I feel like the formula like, too yeah i feel mm-hmm. like i branched off into the you know more power metal side okay of metal sure you know you get into stuff like you know stuff like hammerfall blind guardian yes um, you love those bands I do that's awesome I do and I like those bands may I please say something you may thank you yeah um, got to lose a fucking attitude okay all right I'm gonna lose the <laughs> attitude right now I'm gonna explain something to you guys explain no. I'm gonna lay down some education there are two bands that I don't like mm-hmm. that I have no rational explanation why I don't like them one of them is Rush and the other is Iron Maiden
1: I Absolutely, me, completely appreciate what you're saying because I have a very, very, very similar problem with many bands. Let me let me go a little bit further. I will I will go so far to say
0: that they are in fact the same band in my brain. What? Oh God! Hold on.
1: This just got weird. Keep All right. I I think
0: Getty and Eddie are the same thing. All right. So,
1: what? Are you on acid? Yeah, a little bit.
0: <laughs> are, are you about to do a thing do we need to play the clip can no, you no, share no.
1: can you share some no because i want eddie and getty to be the same person that sounds amazing. i think
0: eddie is <laughs> getty dead if you just remove huh. getty's skin you have eddie i'm thinking getty is the blue pill and eddie is the red pill no no <laughs> here's the thing listen just really really give quick, me both and i'm gonna both. pass it i'm gonna pass the mic back all right listen i'm gonna let you finish i'm gonna let I'm you I'm finish gonna... if you just let me say this I appreciate the musical (laughs) genius and influence that these both these bands that I can't explain why I don't like had (sighs) that they have these
1: fans
0: (laughs) that are fucking insane.
1: I just listen, it's okay. You don't don't like Iron Maiden, it's all right. It's all right. Like I don't But I
0: can't tell you why. I can't be like, oh blah blah blah. Is it a secret or you don't know? I literally don't know. I just don't get it.
1: Virtually every Black metal musician who I've heard spout off like their earliest influences usually cites acdc dc and that goes for millions and millions of other fans, including so many fifty somethings in our own area who just blindly worshipped. I fucking hate AC/DC, and I can tell you exactly why. But that's not the acdc show. They got a couple of catchy tunes, sure. But I hate the band. Sure. I feel like you've heard one AC/DC I song. I just get so annoyed, and I think it's part of the fans' fault too. But whatever. I don't want to get into. <laughs> I just don't like it. I don't like it, and and honestly. If you listen to hundreds of bands like we do, you're allowed to just not like something. You're just like, okay, fine. yeah, but I, I like want it. a reason why. Sure, I sure. know why.
0: Go ahead. Well, let's say haircuts, the denim. Oh, the, damn. ain't it? I'm I'm a very open-minded individual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that ain't it. But can we play? <laughs> let's, let's play this clip play let's before play we the go clip. too far. That's yeah. So let's let's play speaking it. of inspiration, I chose a clip from the song "Sea of Madness." Pantera fans, tell me if this sounds familiar. <laughs> is the price that you pay in the end? no 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 i, domination I, I definitely see similar that kind of galloping riff i i definitely see the similarities i'm sorry guys but that's a stretch
1: that's my position on that
0: it makes more sense when you hear it from the intro. I just wanted oh, oh, to... Oh, I, just I wanted, know what riff you're talking about yeah. now. Yeah, I, I just I wanted can, to include some of the vocals. Sure, well, for, this is
1: more gallopy than the... Pent- anyways, that, obviously,
0: well, that's their thing. That's, okay. I, mean, I think there.
1: Domination was the better song, but... On. It's different, yeah. So I hear, Somewhere in
0: Time, this was the first album that Iron Maiden used synthesized yes. guitars.
1: Synthesizer. When I was in my... Uh, <laughs> my mid-20s uh you know this was one of those old school bands that was you know kind of before my time then i was like all right i gotta i gotta see what's up with this band and i went to a a shop in methuen called music dna that's still there oh shit! and they have it's a cool shop anyways i bought a few of their tapes i believe i got seventh son of a seventh son this album and another one i want to say killers but i'm not quite sure this ended up being the one i gravitated towards i think i liked the intro and it kept hooking me, and then I loved like the neon kind of uh, cyberpunk feel of the artwork and and the lyrics that go with it, like the Blade yeah. Runner esque mm-hmm. type feeling that this album had. That really jived with me. So this yeah. pr- pr- pretty much instantly became my favorite Iron Maiden record when it's I was like going through. And Peppy it was such a Doom. P- hmm. Peppy Doom. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, I was. It was such a pleasant surprise to me to go and just dive into Iron Maiden because. Aside from a few songs on the radio, I, I hadn't really heard them. or know, knew like, what they were all about. And I was like, wow, this is like, just, it's not super complicated. It's just very precise, very good, very creative, very very classically oriented. Just, I don't know, just re- really good. Iron Maiden is one of those classic metal bands that's just nothing but pleasure to we uh, should, uh, to listen to. We should time. let Kev talk about his band. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> Oops, he has <laughs> for, way, he has whoopsie. way more he has way more to say on Iron Maiden than I do. So this is working for me. Yeah, right. Going back to what I was saying earlier, though, it, it's I appreciate Iron Maiden more for the bands they inspired than for Iron Maiden itself. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Yeah. Like um, I I I respect Iron Maiden in the sense that like I I understand all the music that would not exist had they not come around. Totally get that name? too. Uh, um, lead singer from Opeth cited Iron Maiden as one of his major, oh, yeah. his like, most important influences. Like Acrophold, Acrophold. You know, just Lock. like, just like <clears throat> Iron Maiden wouldn't have come around if not for Sabbath, Zeppelin, Cooper, that kind of thing. Yes. And those bass riffs are fucking exhausting. Yeah. Listening to it, like my forearms hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just listening to those bass riffs, I'm like breaking a sweat. Like, ah, he like just, you can stop, picture, you can take picture a break. calluses flying off. <laughs> <laughs> I totally recognize the the talent. I totally recognize the influence. I I went through the same thing the other week when we talked about Violent Femmes. There we go. I I get it. It's just... Do you not like American music? uh, we going to do this?
1: (laughs) You know, there's always going to be some that just don't resonate with you for whatever reason, and that's okay. It's all right. Some people can taste the spice. Mm -hmm. Some people can. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had this thought on the way here. Oh, Jesus. I was thinking about the sci fi uh, backdrop to somewhere in time, and I'm like, why was one of these songs not in that Dune trailer? Because Dune's coming out this year, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, why didn't they use Iron Maiden instead of that stupid fucking Pink Floyd cover that <laughs> made me want to puke? I
0: feel like, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, I feel like Pink Floyd's one of those bands you just don't need to cover. They got it right before. That's what I mean.
1: It, Original Pink Floyd, totally cool this digital cover that they put on dune i was it i think corn did a good cover of the wall corn did a good cover of the wall good call mikey i just puked right? a little bit in my mouth, in my no, mouth. sounds good I, I, I like the
0: the way they i, I kind of like the way corn's bass sounds
1: sure <laughs> i understand it was unique i yep. like corn's first record mm-hmm. at least i did the introduction of bagpipes uh, into their as music far as i'll go do
0: you guys remember on cds when it was like a real funny joke to put a song fucking at song 99
1: yeah, I sure it's do. Stupid. Yeah, stupid.
0: it was stupid then. It's even more irrelevant now.
1: Yep. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool, but whatever. didn't
0: tool do that a bunch of times.
1: Yes. Yeah. White, Zo- White Zombie did too. Yep. White <laughs> Zombie did it. It was like, hey, let's
0: put a secret thong, guys. <laughs> Kev, okay, you got any more of those guavas? I know, right? All of them. Oh, unfortunately, no. is it, well, is it time for round three?
1: I think so. I think we're going to get into a round three today. All right. All right. Well, in that case, we will push pause here. Giraffe Bastards Unfiltered. Man, <laughs> we're back.
0: And and we're back. The ship that put to sea, the name of the ship was a billy of tea. <laughs> that was fun. The one blew up up down below my billy boy's blow. <gasps> Soon may the well come, come to bring us sugar and tea and, and rum. One day when, day when the tugging is done, is done we'll take our leave and go. Wish I knew the lyrics. I needed it uh, yeah. on the screen, <laughs> Mike. When you made that noise, all I'm thinking of the um the mystics from the Dark Crystal. Oh, oh, oh and then you have, and then, and then you have that comes guy. in. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, that one guy.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: shut up, Ted.
1: <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, he was a Kevin. <laughs> He was, he was a Kevin. the fuck is
0: Kevin doing here?
1: By the way, no, things didn't get weird. This is how things usually are. Yeah. The weird part is us trying to behave when the mics are on. Yeah. right. It's very easy for these guys. It's very hard for me.
0: I once had a lass with a con knee wide. <laughs> you'd marvel at the things you'd find inside. <laughs> four wedding wings and a mouse so far a <laughs> full case happened. of beer and a cuban cigar <laughs> tumble all around with me hey 90-ho and i'll follow that, that last wherever
1: she'll, she'll go, go. <laughs> Thank you. nice yeah, job whatever the hell that was yeah. what was that some some shanty thing, mm, yep. some shanty thing. what happens you guys have like three sips of a stout and start doing shanties you don't what are we going to do next? Sounds like you're I'll a step look. of stout behind. Psh, maybe I am. Hold on. Don't get him started. Now dance, yeah. motherfucker. Dance. In the morning, <laughs> ship the day, but No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I encourage all of you to check out
0: Batson River Brewing in Kennebunk, Maine. Or check out what's on tap at BatsonRiver.com. If you... Uh, Enjoy this episode of Draft Bastards. We would certainly appreciate it if you subscribed. You can visit us at draftbastards.podbean.com and on Facebook and Instagram at draftbastards, all one word. Drop us a like and say hey, and as always, please support your local brewery. Walk for the diddle diddle idea yeah. so <laughs> See you. Light up.